You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. Hey, visionaries, welcome back to the show. This week, I am sitting down with Mark Gordon, who is a marketing expert, an award-winning keynote speaker, an internationally recognized thought leader in the field of customer experience, and just an all-around joyful individual. So I am asking him about everything in his bio, including marketing, speaking, and becoming a thought leader, because I wanted to know how has he gotten to this place, and he's going to share tons of tips for those of you who aspire to speak on stages like he does, and he gives us the rundown of what's really required to manage expectations and have a great, and not just great, but remarkable customer experience inside of your business. So before we jump in, I thought I would just catch it, catch up, say hello with you all. Um, I love just being able to turn on the mic. I just got finished a nice conversation with a girlfriend of mine who's in Singapore. I just did a little bit of yoga on my back deck and it just feels really good to be able to hit record. I use a program called Audacity and to not only record these intros, but to also give you a little bit of a personal update. So as you guys know, uh, about a year ago, my mom passed away. So this past week has just been a lot of reflection for me and you know, just really keeping my own energy up because I run a business where I am the coach, I'm the deliverer of the product. And so some days I look at my schedule and I see appointment after appointment after appointment. And I know that even if I'm feeling the slightest bit off, I don't want my clients to feel that. So it's really neat. I've realized that being in this business is such a gift, a gift of taking the highest level of care of yourself so that you can show up at 110% anytime you are client facing. So I love that my work is really not dictated by just clocking into a nine to five workday. It's really about the quality of coaching that I offer. And so however many hours I need to take off so that I can be 110% on for my paying clients, that is what I am showing up for. So, you know, this past week, it was a lot of taking long walks in the forest, listening to podcasts, hanging out with my dog on the back deck, picking raspberries in my side yard, um, you know, putting my feet in the river or going on a run and then laying in the river in my bathing suit and making sure that my physical state, my emotional state, my spiritual state is at peak capacity. Because the last thing I will ever do is show up feeling like a lesser version of myself or just feeling unclear or 
uh, unjoyful. So if you're in the coaching profession too, maybe this is a reminder that you need that you are the most important asset in your business. And without your health, without your vibrancy, without your creative ideas and your ability to help support the transformation of your clients, you're not doing much good, right? So you need to prioritize that self-care and to really take care of yourself in order to show up and to be of service. So I just thought I would share that before we dive in. So in this episode, I'm really excited to dive into Mark's speaking career, his tips on customer experience. He's appeared in a variety of news outlets and on stages and on podcasts and on radio. So he talks about how he got media exposure and the tips that he would offer offer to anyone who is looking to put their message on mainstream media. And we talk about just the day-to-day life of running this type of business as a speaker, as an expert, as a sought-after thought leader. So kind of what a week in the life looks like. There, uh, We talk about tools and tips and resources that help him run his business smoothly and just anything exciting that's coming down the pipeline. So if you want to get in touch with Mark Gordon because you love this conversation or you resonate with something he says, you can head over to his website, markgordon.ca, or on LinkedIn, you can find him as well. And his name is spelled M-A-R-C-G-O-R-D-O-N. So enjoy this episode with Mark, and I will catch you guys soon. Mark, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. You and I were just chatting a little bit before we hit record, celebrating Canadian entrepreneurs and bringing attention to the fact that we need more spotlights to be shined on Canadian entrepreneurs, authors, experts, and I'm really thrilled to be able to sit down with you today. You are a marketing expert, a award-winning keynote speaker. You also are a customer experience expert. You have a lot on your resume. How did you get into this line? Line of work. Well, thank you, Kelsey. It is great to be here, and thank you for the opportunity to, to add a little Canadian content to the internet. Uh, essentially, I started way back in um, in the '90s in automotive marketing. Uh, I had started a company importing automotive equipment, and over the years, I'd really developed a, a keen skill at, uh, at marketing. And I sold that company in '03 and uh, started a marketing agency based on what I'd learned. And over that time, I realized that marketing is essentially uh, nothing more than to not only let people obviously know about who you are, but really the key is to build on managing expectations. And there's a, I guess the flip side to that is the better able you are to manage customer expectations, the better and more fulfilling a, an experience can be because the experience and the expectations become in line. And over the years, I'd kind of developed that philosophy and refined it and did more research on it. And, uh, and really over time, I think I'd kind of developed this niche as being a customer experience expert. And uh, a number of years ago, I decided to just go in that direction. And uh, the work I've done is, has been welcomed in a number of different industries and just kind of taking it from there. Okay. What I want to do is actually kind of set some context for what an epic customer experience is. So a lot of our listeners, they are in their first one to two years of starting their business. So it's not like they have a customer experience team per se, but it's them. They're the ones running the sales calls. They're the ones working with their clients. They're the ones doing the freelancing for, you know, whichever customers are coming through the door. Can you kind of give us some context? What is a really great customer experience and why is it even important? 
Well, for your listeners and viewers who are just starting, I've got great news. You don't have to exceed expectations. You don't have to, as they say, under-promise and over-deliver. These are not only philosophies that don't work, but in many ways, it'll hurt your business because you're increasing your transaction costs. You're increasing the number of resources you have to allocate to wow every customer. At the end of the day, it's not really about what makes the transaction or the experience better, but it's really about what makes it less, not better. And by that, I mean, it's the negatives. If you can eliminate the negatives from the experience, that's what's key. So really at the end of the day, and this is three things that everyone can apply regardless of what industry you're in, every transaction should be easy, convenient, and stress-free for the customer. It should be easy in the fact that they shouldn't have to work hard, whether it be finding you or connecting with you or reaching out to you or even making the purchase. It should be effortless. Convenient means that customers should be able to reach you or connect with you or have a transaction with you on their terms, whether it be coming to see you in person, over the phone, texting, emailing, whatever it is, they should be able to work on their terms, not on yours. And then stress-free, at no point should a customer ever have to question what they're doing. They should never have to second guess, will this work out well? And if it doesn't, will they take care of me? And a great example of that is Costco. Anyone who's ever been to Costco, that is the epitome of stress-free interactions because you know you can buy anything you want at Costco and you can return it, no questions asked. You can't get much more stress-free than that. So really, any business owner who just focuses on those three components, mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you will be miles ahead of most of your competition. Okay, I want to actually like squeeze out some tangible tips from you on each of those three components. So how can we make it easy for customers to find us? What should we be doing as business owners to make it easy for our customers to have a great experience? Well, in most cases, the whole easy part is influenced by the business, not the customer. So for example, if you've ever called a company and you get that, that dreaded phone system where it's press one for this and two for that. Or one of my least favorite experiences is when you really don't know what department and you just can't connect with a human being. Yeah. This is hard work. Or when you want to go to the business in person, but you can't find them on the internet. Or I hate that. <laughs> I know. Where are these people? They're, they're, you know, or we see this so often now, online businesses who you can only reach them through their form. They have no phone number. They have no human beings. How do you reach it? This is not easy. A business needs to be there for its customers in a way that is easy for them. Literally, it's that simple. So if to any business owner, I would say, how can your customers connect with you? Yep. And if they can only come up with one or two ways, like that, there's a problem there. You know, and if they say, well, they can phone us. Oh, well, how easy is it to reach a human being? If I have to dial nine for this and two for that and one for this, and I'm not sure what option, right? These are all little things. I call them sticky spots. And it's like walking along the sidewalk and all of a sudden you step on some gum and it just ruins something as simple as a walk. It's what I call a sticky spot. No transaction should have any sticky spots. Hmm. That's really that's... it. It should be a smooth, effortless walk for any customer. I really like that. And, you know, I was having a hang up the other day. I was looking to hire a service provider, but it needed to be location specific. And I landed 
on somebody's Instagram profile. And first off, I couldn't figure out what their name was. Like I saw they were the human behind the business, but I wanted to reach out and their name was nowhere to be found. So that felt hard because I was like, how do I address you? The other thing was I couldn't figure out where they operated their business from. And I knew they had a physical location, but it was nowhere to be found on their social media profile. It was nowhere to be found on their website. And I'm like, if they're a local business that only works with people in a certain radius, why is it so hard for me to figure out where they're operating from? And I'm like, this is such a simple shift. Like, just tell people where they can find you and give them some context as to who you are, the person behind the business. So it felt so hard that I didn't even make the initial connection. They missed the first two parts of that, right? The easy and the convenient. Right. They were, they were 0 for 2 right there. And what ended up happening is you left. So when you say convenient, I want to double tap on that one. And you say we need to kind of do this on our own terms. Are we supposed to figure out like where our customers are hanging out and then make sure that they can reach us or contact us through the medium that's most convenient for them? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you nailed it. Really, it's, it's um, you know, if you're a business and people want to reach out to you, you have to understand that in this day and age, some people will pick up the phone for other people it would never occur to them to pick up the phone. Right, they're going to want right. to, they're going to want to text you. They might want to find you through Facebook or LinkedIn or WhatsApp or who knows what people, you know, everyone today, it seems like everyone has their own favorite mode yeah. of communication. And as a business, you need to be accessible to them in every form. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really not that difficult, by the way, because there's so many tools now to tie everything in, especially with notifications. You know, you can run your entire business from your phone. Yeah. So if somebody reaches out to you through almost any platform, you'll be notified of it instantly. So it's really not that difficult to do. So when it's not easy, not convenient, and it's stressful for a customer to reach out to you, what are some of the side effects that occur when a customer is having that negative experience and they're like running up against a brick wall? Like, why does it matter? What are, you know, the potential outcomes of ignoring these concepts? Yeah, the side effects of a negative experience. Well, there's essentially three. And the first one is that there's going to be lower spends. So, for example, if you own a store, people might still come to you. But instead of buying three or four things, they might come just for that one because maybe you're the only place in town that has it. They don't like dealing with you, but there's nowhere else to go. So they'll show up, they'll buy that one thing and they'll leave. Number two, uh, reduced loyalty. All right, customers that would maybe come to you on a regular basis have now chosen either to come to you only when they absolutely have to or they've decided to look elsewhere. And then number three, of course, in this day and age is they will share that negative experience. People are so quick now either to post a negative review on on Yelp or any kind of review site, give you one star out of four or five, or just to share their experience in a Facebook post just to say, I was at this business and I got treated terribly. I waited too long and they, they made me feel bad for returning an item or they didn't help me when I needed it. Terrible experience. I'd recommend you not go there. So really, those are kind of the, the, the big three when it comes to delivering a negative experience. And on the flip side, if we deliver a remarkable customer experience, what are some of the positive outcomes that can actually help us grow our business from really focusing on making this experience amazing? Well, that's really interesting because a positive experience is not the same for everyone. 
Right. And I like to, to compare it to the, the sort of the, the Starbucks or if you're a Canadian, the Tim Hortons effect. And a lot of times you'll go into a coffee shop and you'll line up, you'll place your order, you'll pay for it, you'll wait a couple minutes, they give you your order and you leave. The most uneventful, ordinary thing you could possibly do. Right. Nothing was special about it. Nothing was unique. You weren't wowed, but that was the perfect experience in the fact that it was zero stress. Right. Easy, right? It was convenient. It was stress-free. They nailed it. So in many cases, having an ordinary experience, one that just brings you joy or contentment, sometimes that can be enough. It's not always about under-promising and over-delivering. It's really just about promise and deliver. If you tell customers ahead of time exactly what they're going to get and then give it to them, 99% of the time they're going to be happy. How can you complain about getting exactly what you believed you were going to be getting? Yeah. It's not a lot of work. It's not, it doesn't take a lot of effort. Companies in all kinds of industries, B2B or B2C, nail it all the time. They, they're able to get it perfect because they're very honest about what they're going to do and what they're going to give. You know, maybe they compete on price, like the dollar store. That's okay because people know when they go to the dollar store, they're going to get low price. The dollar store doesn't promise great service. It doesn't promise great quality, but it says everything here is going to be around a dollar. Mm-hmm. You go in, you get exactly what you wanted, right? You go to a place like Williams-Sonoma, premium quality, higher prices, great service. If they can deliver on those and you end up paying a higher price, but you get something really, really great backed by great service, again, wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible, and I make this comparison a lot, McDonald's and let's say the keg. You go to McDonald's, you go to the keg, you can get an equally great experience at both places. Why? Because your expectations are different. Mm-hmm. You're not expecting keg level service at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And, and at no point does McDonald's say you'll get that kind of service. They tell you exactly what you're going to get. So when you go to McDonald's, you know what your expectations are. They've been managed. All you expect is your order to be right, to not wait too long, for it to be freshly made, and to look and taste exactly as it always has. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Hey, Visionary, are you always trying to find clients, you're not reaching your monthly income goals, and you're only half booked or partly booked, and you'd love to become fully booked? Well, I've got something for you. I want to help you take your business from partly booked to fully booked and allow you to see your calendar filled up with dream clients to easily hit your monthly income goals and to work the amount of hours you desire. And I want to help you to figure out how you can have predictable growth and stable lead generation. So if you are great at what you do, but you're not yet fully booked, this is the workshop for you. I am teaching a two hour live implementation workshop for business owners like yourself who want to go from partly booked to fully booked without complicated funnels or without expensive Facebook ads. The workshop's going to be held on Thursday, August 25th from 2 until 4 p.m. Eastern, and it's held on Zoom. And by the end of this workshop, you're going to understand the exact four-part framework for instantly simplifying your business. You're going to learn how to increase your prices and become the most valuable choice in your industry. And you're going to learn how to focus on doing your thing 
thing rather than feeling overwhelmed with all the business and marketing stuff. I've got all the answers for you. So add your name and your email at becomefullybooked.com and save a spot in our next implementation workshop. That's becomefullybooked.com to save a spot in our next workshop. A lot of our community members and people who listen to this podcast, they're service providers and they do charge a premium price for their product, you know, because they only have so many hours in the week. They can maybe only take on like six freelance clients at a time. When you're charging a premium price, is it important to exceed expectations or still just meet them and make sure that, you know, everybody knows what's expected and what will be delivered? It is. And that's a great question, by the way. It is important to meet those expectations. All right. Now, a lot of your listeners are like, no, no, if I charge premium, I have to exceed expectations. No, I would say instead, you should raise the expectations. If you're going to give what I like to call white glove service or concierge level service, don't tell them that they're not going to get it and then surprise them. Mm -hmm. Tell them this is what you're going to get. Yes, this is what we charge, but this is why we charge that. This is what we will give you that you won't get elsewhere and then deliver it. The problem is a lot of businesses want to surprise and delight their customers. But when you do this, a couple of things happen. First of all, you're increasing your costs. It takes more time, more effort, more resources to deliver something that you normally wouldn't. Second of all, your customers don't always know that it's a surprise. They don't know it's a bonus. So if you give them that extra time or that extra effort, or you spend uh, you know, more on, on the delivery or whatever it is, They don't know that it was special. They don't know that it was maybe a one-time thing. Their belief is that, oh, that's how you do business. And then they tell their friends and their friends now expect that level of service. And maybe that's something you can manage all the time, or maybe you did it as a one-off. Either way, the customer now has a set of beliefs, right? So if you're, if you're promising this and you deliver this, you, this becomes the norm. Yeah right? You don't want that. If you're going to deliver this, tell them this is the norm. All right. Let customers know what they're going to get. Don't, don't surprise them because, you know, things change. We live in a world now where, you know, a lot of costs have gone up, right? Staff costs, production costs, shipping costs, things like that. Maybe going above and beyond is no longer economically feasible. So maybe you have to start giving what you, you know, what you sort of typically would, Mm -hmm. your customers don't get that. Yep. Right. So good. I love this. And you probably have a whole other plethora of customer experience tips, but we'll have to dive into your work afterwards. I want to shift gears a little bit to talking about your speaking career, because we have a lot of listeners who one day would like to be speaking on stages, right? They know they have some sort of like juicy concept that they're still kind of marinating in. And one day they would see themselves on a TED Talk stage or traveling and speaking about marketing or business or, you know, naturopathic medicine, whatever the um, topic is. But I'm curious, do you have any tips or just takeaways on what you've learned about the art of public speaking and how you've been able to deliver very impactful presentations from stage? Because I've watched some of yours and you just seem so confident up there. You seem to have learned a thing or two about captivating the audience. So I'd love to hear some tips from you. Well, thank you. Um, Well, I'm going to open up the honest book here and and let everyone know, first off, um, I still get nervous. 
very nervous. I've been doing this for, for almost 10 years speaking. And, uh, you know, I still get very nervous on stage. And uh, luckily that energy goes as soon as, you know, I hit the stage. But backstage, I'm a wreck. Now, some speakers aren't, but, but me, that's, that's the way I am. And I know actually that I'm going to give a good presentation if I'm a wreck. If I'm too relaxed, something's wrong. So nerves aren't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, with regards to, to delivering a presentation, uh, I think first and foremost, you have, to, you have to be okay with not trying to tell them everything you know. A lot mm. of speakers will go up and they'll take 10 years of experience and knowledge and cram it into a 30-minute presentation and it'll just be information overload. It's okay to tell a lot of stories. It's okay to, to share things that aren't data-driven or that aren't information-driven. And my view has always been if the audience can leave with that little nugget of information, that one thing where they'll say, you know what, I never thought of that before, or I can't wait to try that one thing with my business. That's often enough. You don't have to present a college course in the span of 30 or 45 minutes. And, uh, and it sounds corny to say, I guess my last tip is to be yourself, which is actually is very difficult to do. I know when I first started speaking and I would see speakers like Les Brown or Tony Robbins or any of these well-known speakers, I was like, I need to be like that guy. Yeah. And we can't, we can't be something we're not. It comes across as inauthentic. The audience will pick it up. You just have to be yourself, but yourself amplified. Mm -hmm. So when I'm on stage, I communicate much the same way as I'm doing with you right now, but it's amplified, all right? Because obviously you and I, I can't have that same energy now as I do on stage because it would be really weird for you and I to have a conversation, <laughs> right? I'm going, hey, Kelsey, how you doing? Wow, look, you know, like that would be, <laughs> That'd be the craziest podcast ever. You can't talk like that. Yeah. You know, and I've often wondered if, if guys like, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Robbins at the dinner table, whether they're saying, you know, can you pass the salt? If you can pass the salt, yeah. give me an, oh yeah. Yeah. They don't talk like that. Nobody talks like that. So on stage, you have to be yourself, but you just have to kind of amplify your energy a little more, really connect with the audience, praise the audience. I see so many speakers who I believe kind of, I wouldn't say disrespect the audience, but they really, they don't praise them. You know, they'll use little tricks like, uh, and again, Tony Robbins, he's famous for this. He'll say something like, if you want to make more money, say I, which to me is, it's a dumb thing to say because who's going to say no. Right. You know, you're asking yeah. a, re a redundant question. Um, I've seen a lot of speakers where they'll ask the audience a question and people will answer. And of course, nobody ever gets the answer, right? Because it's one of those odd questions that only the speaker knows the answer to. Yep. So he'll make everyone in the audience feel stupid. And here's the thing. If you ask a question of the audience and one person answers and they get it wrong and you tell them, nope, you're wrong. You've basically told everyone in the audience they're wrong. Yeah. Not, a, not a strategy that I like. Some speakers, they like doing that kind of stuff. But to me, um, I like to treat the audience as if they are a guest in my home. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel welcome. I want them to feel appreciated. I want them to know that, that I'm, I'm happy, not only I'm happy to be there, but I'm happy that they are there as well, giving me their attention. And, and that's the hardest thing to get these days is people's attention. So if you can capture that, if you can hold that, I think you should damn well be appreciative of it Absolutely. and show that. And can you, cause you said you've been speaking on stages for about 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. How did you get into speaking? Like 
is this something that you just put together a little roster of what you could talk about and then you went out and pitched or did it kind of come naturally like you just started to get requests to speak on stages? I'm wondering if you can remember back to kind of those early days of what unfolded and how this portion of your career really took flight. Wow. Well, in in a nutshell, um, back in my teenage years, I was flipping through the channels one day on a Saturday afternoon and I came across a PBS channel with Les Brown. And and if your listeners don't know who Les Brown is, I I recommend they Google him. He's an absolutely amazing speaker. And uh, I saw him and it blew my mind that someone could actually stand in front of a group of people and just talk. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, I realized this was something I wanted to do. And I kind of put it on the back burner for probably 20 odd years. And uh, uh, in my early 20s, I I did stand up and I was also involved in in acting and and things like that. And uh, so it, it, I've always liked the idea of performing. And then about 10, 12 years ago, um, I really decided that um, I had something to give with regards to educating smaller businesses from working with them through my marketing company. I'd seen some of the challenges they had. And uh, I tried to to reach out to them, to reach out to small businesses, to speak. And one thing I realized is that market didn't exist because small businesses, for the most part, are very disorganized. There's yeah. no event. Uh, so I, I, I looked out some other groups some associations, things like that. And I, I reached out and, and over time, you know, you, you'll be turned down a lot, by the way, if you're looking to speak, you, you know, your, your listeners have to know, don't take it personally, but there's a lot of people who want to speak. So you know, understand that rejection is going to happen a lot. But if you persist, you know, one opportunity, then another, then another. And, you know, if you're good, you polish your act each time, get a little better. And um, if things go well, you'll, you'll, you'll get a following and, and you'll start to be able to charge. Visionaries, there was a time in my life when I believed that being a workaholic was the key to success. I would burn the candle at both ends, rarely taking time off, and I was always putting my business first. But then I started to realize that I was tired, I was lacking creative energy, and I was almost resenting my workday. And that's when the light bulb moment went off. I needed to prioritize my self-care and make time for daily movement and nourishment because it's essential for running a successful business. And that's where Healthy Planet comes in. Healthy Planet is the leading online health food store in the country. They offer a wide range of products from gluten-free snacks to non-toxic beauty products, and they deliver straight to your doorstep. Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for all things healthy, and their mission is to provide you with the best possible products at the most affordable prices. Plus, Healthy Planet offers a 10% discount to all listeners of the Visionary Life podcast, so it's a no-brainer to start shopping there. So start saving today and head to healthyplanetcanada.com and use the code VISIONARY2022 at checkout and you're going to save 10%. That's VISIONARY2022, VISIONARY2022 at checkout and you're going to save on your online order of $50 or more. Well, what I find so interesting about this is that first you had that moment of watching TV, seeing Les Brown and having that like, I almost want to call it a gut feeling of like, I want to do that one day. And I honestly believe that so many of us have had that at some point in our life, but we don't actually think like 
that could be me. We're just like, oh, well, of course they could do it, but whatever. Or I could never make money doing like that. Or you just dismiss it thinking, oh, whatever. That brings me joy, but shove it aside and go work at a desk somewhere. So I think that's one really important note from the story you told is to like think back. What are some of those things that inspired you as a kid? Or what are the moments that you felt like, oh, I wish I could do that. And maybe ask yourself, well, why can't I? It's just interesting to discover ourselves and to really think about if there are people who have inspired us, why? Um, Because that could lead to your next career path. And then the other thing you said was that you liked stand-up and you liked acting, but you probably never thought you could turn this into a business, which is speaking, right? But it's kind of like what you've done is blended everything you're good at, the performance, the talking, the marketing, and it's at the crux of all of that that leads you to have the career you have today, which is so wonderful, right? Well, thank you. It's, it's important to know, though, those listening who say, well, I don't have an acting background. I don't have a stand-up background. I, I may not have you know, uh, whatever charisma or confidence or whatever they feel they need. And the reality is a lot of this can just develop over time. All right. A lot of people still have this terrible fear of public speaking. If you're truly passionate about it, you know, you, you'll push back that fear and, and realize, you know, nine times out of 10, you're probably not as bad as you think you are. <laughs> if you go up and you just share a story and there's so many avenues now to do that. I mean, they can join Toastmasters. Right. Uh, there, there's a lot of speaking associations there's a lot of ways to get on stage and just, just experiment and just try. And uh, some people will, 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 will just love it. It's a rush. And other people will be like, you know what? I tried it and not really my thing, but I gave it a try. And you know what? That's just as important. Yeah. Better to try it and know it's not for you than wonder your whole life if it's something you could have done. Did you ever have to invest in like formal coaching or education? Or how did you learn the art of a really good speech or talk? I've been very lucky. I joined um, CAPS, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, a number of years ago. And that is a great environment. I recommend anyone just to, to Google them. And uh, it, it's a fantastic environment where there's other speakers who have much more experience than, than myself or anyone other. People have been doing it 20, 30 years, and they are more than willing to share hmm. skills and ideas and, um, you know, really kind of fill in the missing blanks and give you direction on not only how to present better from the stage, but even how to create a speaking business. Because at the end of the day, it is a business. So really, the, a lot of what I've learned, uh, not only from me refining my own skills, but what I've learned from, uh, from my colleagues and, and other speakers. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. We talk about that often on the podcast of getting around other people, whether it's a mastermind or an association like CAPS. It's like, where are you going to hang out to get smarter and to be around people doing what you want to do? Exactly. So I'm curious, because you have different modalities to your business, you seem very multi-passionate, what does a current week in the life look like for you? How do you manage your day-to-day? Well, I never know what my day is going to look like for the most part when I get up that morning. Um, so I am very old school, by the way, and you can't see it in this podcast, but right, my, my laptop is sitting on my desk, and right below that is one of those giant desk blotter calendars that you can buy at Staples. Oh my so, gosh, you so are old I can school. See, <laughs> I am old school. I can see my entire month in a glance. And what I also do is every morning, and this is what's key for me anyway, yeah. is, is staying organized because I do have a team 
that I work with for the marketing. We have, you know, production people and graphics people and everything else. But at the end of the day, I'm the captain of this ship. So I have to make sure everything gets done. So every day I make a list of what I need to do. And I do this over the course of the day. That list will get longer and shorter as I add new tasks or complete tasks. But every night, because I work from home. So every night at the end of the evening, I will just take a quick look at what I have to do the next day. And I'll come in and I'm focused and I have my list. So I just work yeah. through my list. And then every day that list is, is getting longer, shorter. Sometimes yep. it changes a lot, sometimes a little bit, but that's what I do. And then also a big part of that is I use a CRM. So I'm not that old school. So I have a CRM, I use HubSpot okay. and it allows me to really um, manage my communication with various clients. So if there's somebody I'm speaking with or a prospect, I'll know who they are. I'll have notes on our communication. I'll have reminders when to follow up with them. So that's really important as well. So for me, it's really about staying organized. And, and over the course of the day, I could be doing anything from being on a podcast like yours to uh, having a, um, a consulting call, which I do a lot of. Yeah. Uh, I could be working on a graphic program. So for example, uh, this afternoon, we're working with a new client who's got doing a big trade show booth oh, yeah. at a, an industry show. And he's like, I got nothing. I don't have a booth. I don't have promotional products. I got nothing. So that's a new project we're having to take on. And, you know, we got to rush it. We only have about two weeks to get that going. So that's what we're doing today. And, and I actually didn't know that was happening until earlier this morning when he reached out to me. So this is kind of, you know, how things work. I never really know what's going on from day to day. That's what makes it exciting, right? That's Every day is different. You never and know. Stressful. <laughs> it's stressful. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of stress here and there when you run your own business, right? Um, so curious, is there anything exciting that you're working on that your company's doing? Like what is keeping you motivated or what are you excited about right now as a business owner? Well, outside of the fact that I really enjoy doing what I do, it, it, it's fun. Like I said, every day is different. Uh, I am working on a book. Wow. Uh, I've been asked to to write one for a number of years now, and I've been pushed, you know, just kind of saying I'm too busy, but um, I've decided to do it. So the book is going to be called Selling Happiness, cool. How to Deliver Experiences that Inspire Loyalty and Drive Sales. And um, I've been asked to, to write it. So I'm about maybe a quarter of the way through it. It's very slow process. No kidding. I can Notice imagine. That. Yep. And uh, I've also um, been approached to pitch a television show. Uh, which is going to be called um, the, the tentative name is Business Nine One One. Nice, and it's kind of like Bar Rescue if you've ever seen that oh, one. Oh yeah, I love those yeah. shows. So it's kind of like that, but it's not industry specific. Okay. So myself and, and one of my partners, uh, we'd be going in to a business, and they've been, you know, they're, they're losing business, they're losing customers, or whatever the problem is, and yeah. we go in and try to turn them around. So we'll see what comes of that. Oh man, I would totally watch that show. I feel like there's not enough of that type of content on TV right now. Like there's so many like Netflix shows that I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I want to watch like someone revamping a business. So this is exactly like, I would be your first viewer essentially. Well, um, thank you. And really exciting about the book. We'll definitely stay tuned for that. Sounds like it's going to be an incredible resource for people who are looking to deliver happiness. So uh, Mark, thank you so much for sharing your story. We love sitting down with Canadian entrepreneurs and just hearing about how you got to where you are today and all the different things that you have your hands in. So if people want to stay connected with you, where should they go and how can they find you? 
Well, thanks, Kelsey. I'm a big fan of Facebook and LinkedIn. Those are my two platforms of choice. And all they have to do is visit my website at markgordon.ca. That's Mark with a C. And uh, through that, they can connect with me through all my networks and um, find out what's going on. And I do share a lot of information through these platforms, tips and tricks and, and videos and how-tos and all kinds of stuff. So um, I love to share and just give content away as much as I can. That's so awesome. Yeah, I will link your website in the show notes so people can just click through there. And we wish you all the best on this book journey and pitching the new TV show and everything else. So thank you so much, Mark. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method business coaching experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.